Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to today for his morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today. I just thank you for giving us everything that we need, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for making that everything that everything's how it should be, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for just giving us a purpose, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are excited to have you with us as we continue our discussion and study in the Word in the Book of Acts. And I'd just like to thank you for, for joining us, and especially like to thank the partners for your heart towards the Lord and the support of this ministry. Whether that's, you know, just being a blessing to us, whether that's in prayer, whether that's sowing into the ministry, whether that's liking and sharing and subscribing to the episodes and the number of platforms that you find this ministry on. Thank you for helping us to accomplish all and partnering with us and sharing in the work that the Lord has for us to do together. Not about us. It's not, it's all about the Lord and his glory. So thank you for helping to bring about that glory here on the earth. We are in this episode getting in, into the word, and we were going to, I'll say, go over, continue discussing from Acts 9, verses 20 through 31. Um, so I would encourage you to pause this episode at this time so you can read that section of scripture and then follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. right. So at this time, we are going to Let's start off with promise. Start off with promise, <laughs> yes. yes. Let's hear what the Lord is speaking to you, sir. Okay, so the Lord's mainly talking to me about um, how um, Bowie had brought up how the people who were who originally were cheering him on were trying to kill him. And the Lord reminded me of and said, Ezekiel, um, I think it's Ezekiel 40. Wait, I know it's in Ezekiel somewhere. Okay. I didn't look at where it was, but I was talking about how after the children of Israel were dis disciplined by the Lord using Nebuchadnezzar, that Nebuchadnezzar was going to um, get punished. Okay. And so the Lord reminded me of how, um, I believe it was Mommy, how she was saying that the devil's trying to go, well, he did this, so it has to come back on him. And the Lord's reminded me of how there was also the same principle with, ne with Nebuchadnezzar. And how because just because they're doing something wrong didn't make it right. Wait, let me explain that. Yes, Thank please you. do, sir. Just because, <laughs> just because that person did something wrong, it didn't justify the fact that the, that the same thing happened to the other person. Like repaying someone else for an evil deed so repaying evil for evil yes then you had a question no i was just trying to get clarity it sounded like you were saying that um 
the fact that God was using Nebuchadnezzar to execute judgment on Israel, even though God used him, it didn't excuse him of the evil that he did. Absolutely. Is that what you were saying? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Amen. So God gives grace, but that doesn't mean he's condoning or excusing the things that are out of alignment. Amen. 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 That, that reminds me of the, the scripture and the gospels where the, the Lord said at, concerning judgment, there are many that would say, Lord, Lord, we, we did all these things in your name. We cast out devils. We did, you know, X, Y, and Z for you. And the Lord would say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. So it's possible to be used by God to do something and still find yourself on the wrong side of him. Yes. You see that throughout scripture. I mean, how many times the Lord say, I'm going to raise up uh, or I'm bringing in the Assyrians, right? And they're going to execute my judgment. But then he holds the Assyrians accountable for the treatment of the people, even in executing the Lord's judgment. Well, there's even the implication, again, the scriptures don't say, this is going to be a theme over the last one. <laughs> but there's the implication that uh, all those that occupied the promised land prior to the Israelites the, the, the Lord used the Israelites as punishment against them. Absolutely. That could come to that conclusion, yes. And um, But we also do know that the Lord said, hey, this is for you. This is yours, right? So there is that the other side of that coin, if you will, or aspect where what's the Lord promised to you and to us, right? I mean, as a collective body, Christ's body, the bride of Christ, what has he promised us? Because that's for all who are his. We can't, uh, if the Lord promised me something, you can't then snatch it for yourself and say, well, that's mine too, because the Lord didn't promise that to you, right? And um, and vice versa. I can't do that. I can't try to snatch your blessing from you, regardless of what it is, whether it's a, a physical, tangible object or it's a spiritual office or whatever that is, right? Because that's what the Lord chose to give to you or promise to you so in the same way there are there are people that occupy things that are not rightfully theirs that the lord has already promised for for someone else or a, a group you know um but in everything it's about bringing it into alignment with the lord what does he say so which is why we need the Lord and the leading of his Holy Spirit to guide us. Is that for me? What do you say about that? What are your thoughts and your ways concerning this? And if we let everything, and, and just as a, as I'll say a structure for our life, by letting everything pass by before the Lord, well, then we're, we'll just be pleased because we'll have the things he want us to ha- wants us to have. That'll be a blessing and a benefit for us, but so won't everyone else. And when you, when you say pass by, you... You mean present it to God to get his perspective on it. Let the Lord judge the matter. Let him give you his heart, his thoughts, Mm -hmm. his will, his desire concerning it. And then whatever he calls it, that's what is the, that's the name of the situation. That's what's happening or what it means to him, how he considers it or values it. Exactly. And then use his perspective to make your decisions, to make your judgments. Exactly. By just coming in a lot. Well, what does the Lord say about it? And that's what it is. And that's what we're going to call it. And that's... Because he's already taught you how to hand, how to handle it or put it down, leave it alone, or okay, take that up with you and let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Promise. Now, I, I need you to connect for me. When you were talking about um, 
Nebuchadnezzar and Ezekiel. Bring that back to Acts chapter 9 for me. Mm -hmm. Did I miss that? I just didn't get to explain that yet. Okay, go for it. Okay, so Mom, you're talking about how the devil had gone. Um, they said, well, what you sow, what you sow, that's what you will reap. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is showing that with that, there was also the second part of the same law. And this may help if I explain it a little bit more. And so well, please the Lord, do, sir. The Lord remind me of how with Nebuchadnezzar, the reason why he, reason why he was going to get punished was because he didn't repent from his sins and okay. they're, so they're still in the books and because he did one good thing it didn't mean that the other sins that he did were going to get wiped out Ooh, so you cannot do penance with god good deeds to um remove sins good deeds don't remove sin i think that's something that's that's a powerful concept that the Lord is bringing to you and pulling out of the scripture. Good deeds do not remove sin. What removes sin? Repentance. One thing. Layla? The blood of Jesus. Amen to that. And you bringing your sin underneath the blood of Jesus. Good deeds do not remove sin. They cannot. The blood of bulls and goats do not remove sin. It only covered it temporarily. But Jesus... His blood and us coming underneath and receiving salvation from him blots out, obliterates sin. It doesn't just cover it. It removes it. It destroys it. Remember when we talked a while back about how if you look at a red object and you use a red lens to see it, it appears to be white. So once we're covered by Jesus' blood, we are white as snow. We are spotless. Even though we're covered in blood, we are spotless before God once, once we appropriate that. Mm-hmm. That's special blood. But good deeds, and I, I know humanity loves to say, well, I'm a good person. That should be good enough. Good, we do, we good, do. And we've heard yes, it so but many good times. according to whose standard? But I, I don't do as bad as the other ones. I don't do this. You know, we try to. I don't steal as much. I don't cuss as much. I exactly. don't drink as much. I don't fornicate as much. Exactly. And we look to compare ourselves amongst other people, other wayward people to go, we're doing right. Or even sometimes we want to compare ourselves to other quote unquote spiritual people and go, well, I'm doing wrong. Eee. The line is, are you in Christ or not? Has your sin been brought under the blood of Jesus or not? That's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. That's the line. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way unto the Father except through him. That's it. So that's a, that's a powerful point there. Now go ahead. Finish, promise, or carry on. Oh, and how the wholeness had remind me of how before that, that the Jews had said, well, we're doing God a favor by killing all these people. Mm-hmm. And then how since Saul went to go join the disciples that he will have been included to the group that they said will be doing a God's favor by obliterating them. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is showing that that's what they're thinking and how one good deed doesn't make all the other ones suddenly forgiven. Okay. So, okay. What else you got? That was it. So in that scenario, who was doing a good deed? 
Who was considering themselves as doing a good deed? The Jews and the Hellenists. Oh, okay. So they thought murder was a good deed for the Lord. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Never mind there. The law says to do not murder. Okay. They probably wouldn't have called it murder, though. They would have called it uh, maybe extermination or an exit ticket. Stoning and... Um, Cleansing. <laughs> Purging. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Honey, you got something? Yeah. I promise you brought up something in there about... um. You were talking about the law of sowing and reaping. Well, what is the... So you said there's another side of the law. Well, what is that other side? Can you explain that? Yes. Okay. What is it, sir? And how would... With the law of sowing and reaping, it said, What you sow, you shall reap. And with the children of Israel, they, they sowed wickedness, and that's what they reaped. And the Lord used Nebuchadnezzar to bring the... Well, technically, the harvest upon them. Hmm. And so the Lord reminded me of the, the other side. If the Lord uses a sinner to do that, then also if the sinner doesn't repent, then his sins aren't forgiven. Mm-hmm. Doesn't so, bring him under the blood. Oh, go ahead, so I want to look at that a little more closely, as it were, right? Yes. Um, so you find that law, if as it were, in Galatians 6, right, 7 and 8. It says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, does the Lord also use, as you brought up, uh, those that are in opposition to the Lord, that are sinners? Yes. He sure does. Those that men would consider wicked, right? Yes. We see that even with the as the example we gave in a earlier episode, uh, the Assyrians, right? Yes. But then the Lord also brought in Cyrus. But what did the Lord say about Cyrus? That he was my instrument, right? And he said that also about the Assyrians, right? That they were his instrument. But what happened under Say King Cyrus. Um, I think they rebuilt the temple. A lot happened, yes. They were restored. They went into captivity. And that you, we see there the captivity was, was bringing about their restoration. First and foremost to the Lord. And then also for all the, the physical, tangible things. Their land, the temple, and all, all of that. Right? So we see that in there an example of the difference. Right? And even when a supposedly wicked leader, or maybe he started off as a wicked leader, but clearly he turned to the Lord. Well, he honored even those he had, uh, well, he honored the Lord first and foremost, right? And in so doing, the Lord's people were given that grace and honored. They were you know, protected by the Lord. But the Lord also utilizes people to carry out his will. So just an example, just to help the listeners understand and to help us understand what the Lord is doing in his word and in our lives. Amen. What else? That was it for me. Okay. Anyone else have anything they want to share? 
just fairly quickly an observation that I made in the last first like verse 31 where it was talking about the churches being edified and there being peace that's also another symbol and a sign of when god has touched an area or affect people in an area you see the edification of others around them and there being peace in the land mm-hmm. when as long as we're following our own desires or um following the plan of the adversary there is chaos and tumult and there's destruction and everybody's doing the uh, one, two, three, look out for me kind of deal. Every man for himself. But when God is in the midst and in an area and he's working and we're cooperating with him, there is peace. There is edification and building up. There is admonishment. Yes, because that's part of love. But it's not breaking people and leaving them in a broken state. There may be a need to break certain things down like habits and mindsets so that healing can occur. It's harder to... Um, recover from say like a broken arm if you're constantly using it but sometimes it has to be pulled out of the place where it was messed up to be set correctly and that's what God does he doesn't leave us in a broken state and one where we can't function fully and properly he always brings restoration and um, refreshment when he comes and touches people amen mm-hmm. amen 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 anyone else I was going to say the the last part of verse 31 spoke to me. Um, And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Mm -hmm. And one of the signatures of God is that there's reproduction and there's growth. That's how when that's how he does things. Right. (laughs) He's smiling, Dean. (laughs) You know, we live in an area that there are so many little churches and strip shops and stuff, and they just, they never really grow. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. always makes you wonder, what are they really doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, when you look at the instruction that the Lord gave, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. The mm-hmm. seeds knew what to do to reproduce, and reproduction requires that the the seed, the offspring, now grows and it's able to produce offspring and then that grows. He put that into humanity as well. But the the things that brought forth that multiplication is that they respected God as mm-hmm. Lord, fear of the Lord. That's a respect for his the place reverence. and his authority and letting God be God who he is and the comfort of the and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that's not the snuggly blanket. That's the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Prompting. That's the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Here's the task. Here's the job. Go here. Go there. Do this. Go do that. Uh, we referenced in a previous um, podcast about when the disciples or yeah, the disciples were concerned about Saul coming to them, and then they heard the witness of Barnabas, and they were they were able to hear the Holy Spirit through Barnabas witnessing and. You can see the Lord work that situation out for Saul, for Barnabas and the disciples to bring peace and togetherness according to the will of God there. But um, they listened to his guidance and they were able to make decisions and move because they were listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit, not judging by what their eyes saw. And I think we kind of touched on this. It's not uh, when we were talking about Ananias, it's not a problem to go, God, okay, I, I hear you, Lord. Yes, sir. And and I see these things. Give me guidance, Holy Spirit. The problem comes is when we don't ask, when we decide based on what our eyes see and we start making our own judgments or decisions for ourselves that aren't based on what God is saying and we go the other direction versus Holy Spirit, you're in charge. First, God, your Lord, 
I'm here for you. And Holy Spirit, you get to judge and decide and to guide. And then that brings multiplication and the growth. So that was just, that was speaking to me and ministering to me. And the growth is according to what God wants it to be. Mm-hmm. Adam didn't tell the trees what they were going to be. He just enjoyed the fruit. So <laughs> the same thing here, you know, they don't get to dictate. We don't get to dictate to God what the outcome is per se, or what the, the fruit is. We get to enjoy it because he's a good God and he knows. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. There was a lot in there. And uh, we'll want to give the opportunity for everyone to hear from the Holy Spirit for themselves and to search out the scriptures. So just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge, Lord, and that you give it to us, Lord, and you give it without regret or strings attached to it, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your love and your mercy and that we see it each and every day, Lord, in everything that you do, Lord, that is fueled from love, Lord, and that you only have good intentions for us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for how you go about when you do things, Lord, and that you understand us, Lord, and that you provide and come in a manner that will get our attention, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Oh, we love you. God bless you and have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.